It's good to have him with us today, Matt Miller. He's Chief Policy Officer at Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, the IAVA. They've been friends of our show, and we have theirs for ages. Uh, he is also a Navy veteran. He served in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, multiple tours in Iraq, and most recently Afghanistan. Uh, thank you for your service, Matt. And I do want you folks to know, if you're a vet who needs assistance or know a vet who needs assistance, please check out the Rapid Response Referral Program at IAVA.org forward slash RRRP. Matt, good afternoon. Welcome. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you for your recognition, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Matt, um, I, I, I was just astonished when I was sitting and watching Sarah Palin's endorsement of Donald Trump and uh, seemingly trying to use um, PTSD as an excuse for her son's behavior, blaming the president for her son's behavior. And we're finding out now that her son hadn't even fought in combat Uh, necessarily prior to this behavior. Um, uh, You know, you and your organization have a number of vets that are involved. Um, Do the vets feel that blaming the president for track Palin's behavior is an acceptable finger pointing uh, that Sarah Palin has done here? Well, I mean, first of all, there, there, there are several issues that, uh, that her talking about PTSD and trying to politicize it is wrong. I mean, as you mentioned, I'm a veteran uh, and I can tell you that, uh, for me and others, veterans' issues are not right, left, or center. They're America's issues, and politicizing them is is wrong. Uh, secondly, you know what she's doing is 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 you know it, it's an estimated 20% of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans come home with PTSD. However, it, it, and and that's kind of a stereotype that that exists out there. And, and by her saying what she did, it promulgates that. And what we what we want to point out is that by and large. The majority of people that fight in combat come back, and 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 they're productive members of society. They're your they're your neighbor, they're your teacher, they're your fireman. And in fact, we have a, a high highest percentage of congressmen and senators in serving in Congress now that are Iraq and Afghanistan veterans than we've ever had before. So that stereotype is again doesn't exist. But but then the last thing is there's no should be no excuse for domestic violence. You know, and, and trying to blame that on PTSD, and PTSD is, is something that affects individuals differently, and it's a serious problem, and it's a complicated mental health problem, and blaming you know, behavior on, on that is unacceptable. Well, the other thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, there are people out there who are suicidal. There are people out there um, who have PTSD, and there are people out there who are afraid to come forward because of the stigma attached this doesn't help that situation, does it? Well, uh, you, you are correct. I mean, bottom line is, there, you know, Governor Palin missed an opportunity on several issues, several fronts. But by and large, our uh, research shows through our, our IAVA member survey that 80% of people that, that seek help for PTSD and mental health issues do so because a loved one asks them to do that. Um, and so as, as a parent... You know, she missed an opportunity to, 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 to reach out to her son and, and to, to others, quite frankly, and use the platform which she's been given to talk about mental health issues and to talk about the importance of loved ones, of parents, of, of, of mothers and fathers and, and brothers and sisters and other, one, other loved ones reaching out and saying, it's okay, please go get help. And the other thing is that, you know, look, I know people that are suffering from PTSD and... I've never met one that, you know, beat a woman brandishing a gun. I, and, I th- and I think it's terrible for people to have that kind of an image in their mind connected to those four letters, PTSD. 
Well, I mean, you're, you're correct. I mean, it's important that, again, that if, if Track does have PTSD, that, that he and many other veterans that suffer go get help for that and not use it as some type of crutch for, uh, for, for behavior. Um, however, on, on another matter, you're, you're looking at that behavior, and there, there are some legitimate uh, uh, things that happen due, to, due to, to mental health issues. Therefore, veterans' courts that exist in 40 states, and veterans' courts are an innovative way to, to be an alternative to traditional criminal sentencing, that if it's deemed that, that a member has, has uh, or an individual has created a, uh, a crime that's a misdemeanor, that these, these veterans' courts can get together and offer an alternative a solution to traditional sentencing, such as a holistic approach of getting help uh, that, that may keep them out of jail. Were you surprised to hear Governor Palin do this? I mean, look, I'm a mom, and um, I look, I'll be honest, I'd lie on a witness stand for my kids, and I, I would do anything for my kids. I hope I would never kill for my kids, but I certainly will would if it meant self-defense of their life. I get that. I, too, right. am a mom of grizzly. But, you know, like you said, this this – this is a political campaign, and the political campaign, quite frankly, wasn't about her. It was supposed to be about her endorsing Donald Trump. Um, this was the wrong time to be bringing up her son and, and certainly to be throwing things like that out there. If anything, not only does it does it hurt, you know, vets or, or hurt, you know, PTSD, um, but, you know, if we're going to make anything political, why doesn't she talk about programs you know, that, you know, quite frankly, Republicans should be helping to fund that could help more vets and help with PTSD. Well, I mean, you, you are correct. Again, I'm a Republican. I, I have worked for – I've worked in the Bush administration. I've worked for uh, at DOD, and I've worked for members of Congress, all of which are Republican. And, and I, as I say uh, – and I say that because, again, these issues shouldn't be right, left, right, left, or center. They're, they're America's issues. Early, the, when you started the program, you talked about a rapid referral and response program, which is a, uh, an innovative solution that, that hooks, hooks people up. If you call our office, you'll get a licensed clinician. Uh, and if you, if, if for some reason you have to leave a message, you'll be gotten back to within 24 hours. And we were actually, we will actually place you with other programs out there that, that are meant to help uh, the predicament which you may be in. Um, and so I would urge folks to, to reach out, again, to Rapid Referral and Response Program uh, at IAVA.org. You know, we, we publish a policy agenda that's over 100 pages full of policy recommendations for mayors, for governors, for the president, for uh, philanthropic organizations, and for Congress uh, that outline innovative ways in which they can reach out and help veterans and deal with PTSD and, and a myriad of other issues. Uh, last but not least, we have less than a minute here. What would you like to leave our listeners with, Matt? Well, I, I'd like to leave them with the fact that 22 veterans a day are dying by suicide, and PTSD is a problem that contributes to that epidemic. And that, again, that people are people in the military, people that are veterans, usually they don't really care about the the, the, the partisanship that goes on. You know, when you're out in the field, you care about whether the person to your right or your left has your back, and you don't care their political persuasion. You don't you don't care anything about it other than they're doing their job. And so, I would like to leave that as well as the fact that again, you know, don't feed into the stereotype that that everybody that comes back from Iraq and Afghanistan is broken. And in fact, they are they are they are not, and their vets rising, 
which like which is what we like to call it. And uh, they're, they're productive members of your society, and they could be your next-door neighbor. All right. Thank you, Matt. Matt Miller, Chief Policy Officer at RAC Nevada, Afghanistan Veterans of America, the IAVA. Check out the website, IAVA.org, and go to IAVA.org forward slash RRRP for the Rapid Response Referral Program. Hey, welcome. Welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio. More than a pleasure to have with us psychologist and author of the new book, Finding Peace When Your Heart is in Pieces, Dr. Coleman. Dr. Paul Coleman specializes in post-traumatic stress, grief, and anxiety, and has over 30 years' experience. He's appeared nationally on shows such as Oprah Today and National Public Radio, NPR, recently interviewed by Time Magazine. More than a pleasure to have with us, Dr. Paul Coleman. Dr. Coleman, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Leslie. Thank you for having me. I think a lot of people who know somebody with PTSD, who may have it themselves, especially veterans, uh, had their mouths drop when Sarah Palin had talked about and tried to use PTSD as a an excuse, perhaps, for alleged behavior of her son. But that brings PTSD into the spotlight again, and that's why we're having uh, this conversation. Um, First of all, PTSD doesn't just impact veterans, but does PTSD, does post-traumatic stress impact vets differently than non-veterans in your professional experience? Well, there are are things that veterans have to experience uh, when they have trauma that someone else might not experience. For example, someone could be traumatized by a car accident where they were seriously injured, but they haven't been in an experience where they had to kill somebody purposely or where they had to worry about being killed. Um, so those are two different things. Many times people come back from a war and they feel badly for having had to kill somebody or they're feeling very vigilant about looking over their shoulder, not being able to trust. I think another big difference is that um, PTSD for vets are usually these are young people. So their brains are still forming. When you're 18, 19, 20, 21, your brains are still forming. And they come back with having to be more vigilant, uh, less trusting. Uh, Their formative years have have been in fighting and in combat, which might be different for somebody who has a car accident or something like that. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, definitely different experiences. Interesting when you talk about the age. Um, why do you think so many veterans are hesitant, even when they have symptoms of PTSD, uh, to get treatment? Is there a different stigma attached for those who have served in the armed forces versus those who haven't? Yeah, well, recently, you know, they, there seems to be an increase in the number of veterans getting treatment partly because it's been made a little bit easier for them to do that with the paperwork. Um, However, the soldiers, like police officers, um, like firefighters, they do have a sense of, I have to be strong. I'm here to protect. I'm here to serve. And they do feel weak uh, oftentimes when they have these symptoms. They feel out of control. And that is not something that they like to feel. So they don't like to admit it. Um, And sometimes they just want to forget it. They can't if they have PTSD. They just can't just forget it. Uh, But they try to. So by going to a therapist or getting treatment at a VA center, they know they have to talk about it. And then they might have to put on medications. And these are things that, that many times is anathema to them. When we talk about another reason that veterans with symptoms don't get treatment, I've heard some vets say, 
uh, that it's a sign of weakness or that they don't want to have the stigma of being labeled somebody who has mental illness and afraid of that being on their record, their permanent record. Do you find that as well? Yes, it's true. Um, they have all these fears associated with it, and they have been trained to, to fight, so they think that they can fight through this. Now, some PTSD symptoms do go away on their own over time, um, and the person can start to feel better. Um, but uh, it's called you know, post-traumatic stress for a reason, meaning it's after the trauma, and you can have it for years and years and years. And in those, in those cases, they really should get help. Is it possible, would you say, is it accurate medically to say that one can be cured from PTSD? Or do PTSD symptoms just lessen um, over time, not only because you're farther away from the actual event, maybe there's counseling, medication, or all of the above? With the right treatment, I, I have seen people in highly traumatic situations recover from all their symptoms. Um, so I think it's possible. Um, it depends on the situation. You know, it, it, if someone was assaulted, for example, <clears throat> on the street corner, uh, they may always be vigilant because they have to walk on the street, right? So, so that may be something that they have a hard time getting over. But if you're a veteran and you're not going back in combat, you might be able to completely get over it with the right kind of treatment, which is a big if, if they get the right kind of treatment. Uh, most definitely. Speaking of that, there are people listening to us right now who have friends or family members who are showing these symptoms, have spoke about this, but are afraid, for the reasons you and I have just discussed, to get help. How can somebody approach another about getting help? Yeah, well, it helps if, if you know your friend or relative really well and you know what buttons not to push. Um, but I think... If you tell them that they're really, I would, if I were my, I would, I would be looking up places for them. I would say, here's a treatment center. Here's a person that that deals with PTSD. I'm assuming they're in a different part of the country than I am, and I can't help them myself, or they're my family or friends, and I can't help them myself. And I would say, this is the place. Give them a call. I'll go with you if I can, you know, and just just give it a try. One or two visits. See what you hear. See what you like and then make a decision. But if you just say, go get help, then there's a lot of uh, work they have to do ahead of time, and it's going to be easier for them to say no. Let's take some calls. And by the way, if you have a question for the doctor, maybe you're a vet and you have PTSD, um, obviously he's not going to diagnose anybody over the phone. That would be uh, bad for you and certainly for him as well. He would need to spend time with you. But maybe you have questions about your own situation. You're a veteran or somebody who has had a horrific experience. Maybe you have a loved one and you have questions or just general questions about PTSD and how uh, post-traumatic stress affects people or just questions that we haven't covered yet. Pick up the phone and join us. That's why we have experts here, not only for you to listen to and learn from, but for you to have access to and ask questions of. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Uh, let's go to Michael, who is in the Bronx in New York on line two. Michael, good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest, Dr. Coleman. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Dr. Coleman. Um, I have a real serious problem with the comments made by Sarah Palin regarding her son and placing blame on President Obama. For one thing, um, track, if that was his name, served back in 2008 
and Mr. Obama was not in office yet. It was Mr. Bush, the same Mr. Bush, that initiated the Iraq War to begin with. And then secondly, um, I find it difficult that somebody like Ms. Palin will always encourage for this war and that war and send our troops out to fight and so forth and be backing up um, the Republican-led Congress into blocking these um, particular post-military um, treatments for our veterans, including what you're discussing, post-traumatic stress syndrome, other medical benefits, psychological benefits for our to take care of our troops. She's in support of that, but then yet when her um, own family member gets into trouble with the law, she wants to um, make you know false accusations you know about that. I mean. Um, Michael, I think we lost Michael's line there. Um, uh, doctor, not that you necessarily want to get uh, political, but when somebody right. in a political situation or high profile uh, says some of the things that uh, former Governor Sarah Palin uh, did, does that make it more difficult to get people through the door who need the treatment? And, and in other words, because there's now yet another uh, potential negative stigma attached with comments such as this. Well, uh, it can. You know, it, it, it can make a, a service person who's reluctant to get treatment feeling like, okay, now they're having an argument about me. Now they're taking sides, and people are debating it. And they already feel kind of very self-conscious, and, and they don't feel comfortable with who they are. I just don't like what Sarah Palin did in that case. Um, the only good thing is, like what you said at the outset, is that it does raise the question of post-traumatic stress disorder, so we get to talk about it like we are today, which hopefully does help somebody. Let's uh, talk to somebody who actually um, is a combat veteran who has been diagnosed with PTSD. His name is Chuck. He's calling from Santa Fe, New Mexico. He's on Line 3. And, Chuck, more than a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you for your service, sir. Question or comment for our guest, Dr. Coleman? Well, my question and comment is this. My opinion and my experience is that if <clears throat> I am, uh, I'll use the phrase, clean and sober and not being self-medicated or having psychotropic drugs prescribed by the VA, I can then have an opportunity to deal with the issues. My, my experience with the VA is that a great many of veterans that I've watched are uh, if you will, uh, diagnosed with and then prescribed with psychotropic uh, chemicals and drugs that uh, are not long-term beneficial. I'm very clear about that, in my opinion. Uh, do- so. Dr. Dr. Coleman, I'd lo- um, love your your take on this. We know a lot of things. Look, I'm you know I'm a mom that talks to other moms of young kids, and there seems to be so much over-diagnosing of, you know, labeling children, whether they have ADHD or autism, and throwing medications at the problem. Does the same problem persist with PTSD? Are too many people diagnosed as having that, or is too much medication used for this problem, and it's not maybe the right medication, or maybe medication isn't always right for a patient? What do you say, Dr. Coleman? Well, you know, my experience has to to do with people that I've seen in private practice who were in combat, who who are not utilizing the uh, VA hospital system, or because they had once used it. And I hear a lot of stories, and most of them are not happy with the treatment, um, throwing medications at them, but, but then not really having the best therapeutic techniques. 
Um, now, sometimes medication, if someone's, you know, suicidal, you know, you have to do, you have to do something uh, that, that might help them immediately. But that's not a long-term answer. Um, one of the better treatments, and, and it's amazing how many vets are not aware of this because the VA does not seem to talk about it, is something called EMDR. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. The first published research was in 1989 with combat veterans. It is an amazing procedure that has helped so many people. <clears throat> but it's some, for some reason, when I talk to people from the vet system, they don't talk about it there, or they've just now heard about it, even though it's 25 years old. <laughs> so I would say to a vet who's thinking about it, look up emdr.com, find a therapist in your area who's trained, and approach it that way. I know that there are some people that, you know, you, you, you know, we find out, oh, they had or have, I mean, they have PTSD or they struggle with it. Do you think some people are good at hiding their battle with PTSD and therefore some people are shocked when we hear about those individuals with such a diagnosis? Well, if they, if they want to hide it, um, they usually have to uh, avoid having some of the symptoms that are so obvious, you know, whether out um, having anger rants or something like that. So if, they're, if they internalize it a lot, if they have a lot of intrusive memories and, and they want to avoid going out in public to avoid things that might trigger some bad memories, then they might be more isolated. And as a result, we may not know, people may not know that they're really suffering from it. They just say, oh, yeah, I hear from Fred, you know, once a year, but they don't really know that. So it is possible to hide it. When we look at those with PTSD, or not just, you know, somebody who has, uh, you know, PTSD, but uh, more specifically uh, veterans, there's a struggle inside, right? I mean, there's an inner turmoil. There are mental uh, flashbacks, perhaps, um, emotional problems because they've lost people or maybe because they've taken a life in the line of duty, which is not easy for, I would imagine, anyone uh, to do. What are some of the signs that a vet is struggling with this inner turmoil? Usually um, they, they are very irritable and they're withdrawn. Um, those are the first two things I would look for. Um, if they talk about things like, my life doesn't have a lot of meaning right now, or I don't know why I'm here, uh, clearly that would be something that indicates that they're struggling on the inside. Um, and, and that would be someone I would want to help or have them get help. I, I want to talk about other forms of PTSD. And one of the, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is one of the issues just the amount of loss that veterans deal with compared to others? I think we all lose someone we love, whether it's a sibling, a parent, God forbid, a child. Um, but do, do you feel that they, they have to deal with loss on much, a much larger level? And well, they do. That, Yes, go ahead, Doctor. In a number of areas. First of all, the intensity is, is stronger. Uh, we're talking about clearly life and death where, where people are trying to kill you. Um, secondly, even if you are not in combat, but you have to deal with the after effects of combat, so you're, you're helping wounded soldiers, for example, um, then you're seeing the after effects over and over and over, much like a first responder would, a policeman or a fireman who sees people over and over in these, in these very painful, difficult situations. 
that can be part of PTSD. Plus, if you have friends and they get killed, you're going to have more than one friend probably, someone in your platoon or something like that. So, yes, there's a great sense of loss, and they have to deal with a lot of gore on a, on a, on a more regular basis. And uh, last minute in the, in the program, I have so many questions I didn't get to. What would you? What would, do you want people to come uh, away from? I, I guess, we, you know, if somebody's listening is fearful, will they ever be the same or will they ever be what they consider to be normal again? Yeah, of course you can be normal, whatever that is, but none of us are ever the same after a major loss or upheaval. Somebody dies close to us and we have to change our lives around. We, we lose our job and we have to go in a different direction. It's not about being the same as we were. It's about rising above it. It's about transcending. It's about getting to a higher perspective where you can say, I went through this and it was painful and difficult, but my life can still have meaning, and these are the ways it can. And, and being able to try to forge ahead with that, it's very, very possible. And with the right treatment, you can get so much better, if not completely cured, um, that I want people to realize that. Thank you so much uh, for being with us, and um, I hope the information is helpful to those. The website for Dr. Coleman is FindingPeaceInYourHeart.com. That's FindingPeaceInYourHeart.com. That's his new book. That's his website. Dr. Paul Coleman is a psychologist, author of the new book, Finding Peace When Your Heart Is In Pieces, and he specializes in post-traumatic stress, grief, and anxiety. He has over 30 years of experience. Go to the website, FindingPeaceInYourHeart.com. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.